0: I'm <laughs>
1: Oh, it's 7 o'clock on a Saturday evening, and live from Studio B at Stately Hoag Manor in Westminster, Maryland, it's the other podcast, and you were expecting Stacey McCain to be uh, delivering the intro, but Stacey is uh, lurking about uh, another state and not available. Uh, so, uh-huh. he does appear to have uh, dialed in. Stacey, are you with us? Yes, can you hear me? Loud and clear. You are uh, reasonably done. By the way, Stacy blogs at theothermccain.com, and Ken's, uh, his writings can be found at other nice places around the interwebs as well.
0: Yes. And uh, it's good to be with you today, John. And how are things at Stately Hogue Manor? Well, you know, I hear well, uh Well, hello, Diana. I hear
1: you. Hey there. As well. Everybody seems to be with us. Uh And in any case, things are reasonably well here at Stately Hogue Manor, although they're a little bit lonely. uh, And Hmm. uh, basically, I'm having a uh, pretty usual Saturday afternoon for the fall right now, with 4:45 to go in the fourth quarter. Mississippi 38, Vanderbilt six. So,
0: oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Speaking of college football, that's Mississippi State, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, yep. Speaking of college football, um, Iowa State has upset uh, number eight Oklahoma State, twenty-four to twenty-one. Uh, Ole Miss defeats LSU, thirty-one to seventeen. Pittsburgh, twenty-seven. Clemson, 17. So number 23, Pittsburgh goes to 6-1 on the season. They're now the leading team in the ACC. Uh, Oregon in the fourth quarter uh, has the ball with 432 left to play. They're leading UCLA in LA, 34-31. Uh, Wisconsin, 30. Purdue, 13. Uh, number two ranked Cincinnati uh, held off Navy twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, number three uh, Oklahoma had to uh, come from behind to defeat Kansas thirty-five to twenty-three. Uh, number six Michigan defeated Northwestern thirty-three to seven. Oh, big upset! Number seven Penn State. Playing at home, lost uh, in nine overtimes. Did you oh. hear me? Yeah, uh, they lost twenty to eighteen to Illinois. And at uh, Wake Forest, playing at Army. Wake Forest is now undefeated, seven and zero. Number sixteenth ranked Wake Forest, seventy Army fifty six, and kicking oh. off soon. Uh, number four, Alabama, their homecoming against Tennessee. Roll eye so, Oh yes. wow! Especially when they're playing Tennessee, right? Yep.
2: Quick question: What happened last week with Tennessee? Uh, there was some sort of week? like bad behavior on the part oh, yes. of the.
0: Was it versus? I think it was versus LSU. Let me uh-huh. let me go back and let me go back and see. Hang on a second. No, it, it was versus what? Ole Miss, and the fans went wild. There was some kind of disputed call at the end, and mm-hmm. uh, the fans uh, started throwing trash on the field. Uh, it, it was terrible. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, and that might have actually cost Tennessee the game uh, hmm. the way it worked out. But yeah, that was uh, that was awful. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, More sportsmanship um, in Knoxville. <laughs> in Knoxville. <Huh?
1: laughs> well, you know, it's Knoxville. What can I say? Um, <laughs> uh, hold on a second here. Yep, the cough switch still works. I, every time I hit it, I cough. Um, <laughs> but let's 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 move on to uh, what we really are supposed to be doing here, which is a discussion of the uh, week's news. And um, before we get started, we need to have a trigger warning. Uh, ah. I will start with the four important rules. Uh, all firearms are always handled as if they are loaded. Rule number mm-hmm. two. Never point a firearm at anything you're not willing to destroy. Correct. Rule number three, keep your finger off the trigger until the sights are aligned on your target. And four, <laughs> be sure of your target.
2: And, and what that, is beyond it.
1: Well, that that's part of the surety of one's target. Yes.
2: Uh, well, um, I like, uh, there's a, a variant I like. Keep your uh, booger picker off the bang stick lever.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. apparently somebody was just uh, uh, dry firing a uh, revolver yeah, right. and and uh, during a re- what he thought was a rehearsal, and got a surprise. And I think Stacy blogged about
0: that. Yes, uh, a tragedy. And I I'm reading from my post uh, Alec Baldwin, uh, the violence against women update. Uh, a tragedy occurred on the set of the latest Alec Baldwin movie where the actor reportedly accidentally shot and killed a female cinematographer and injured the director due to a prop gun misfire. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll see that.
1: Now, that, there's the first wrong word there. A misfire. Yeah, a misfire. Is, a misfire is when around. Uh, uh, doesn't go off Uh, right (laughs) so that's that's the first problem the problem is Mm -hmm. the round did go off so yeah this is one of the wonderful examples we have of our uh friends in the other parts of the media uh basically writing about stuff they have no intimate knowledge of
2: uh how about we start with not the
1: first clue well i was trying to be sort of kind of nice to them,
0: but yes, they they, don't deserve it. They called it a, they called it a prop gun, but it was obviously (sighs) an actual gun that was being used as a prop. I mean, I mean, it's a gun is a gun.
1: Well, well, no, there are, all right, there, there are guns that are prop guns, uh, that uh, will only fire rather oddly shaped ammunition and won't accept, Mm -hmm. you know, real conventional ammo. Uh, Mm -hmm. they were, they were developed really during the twenties. And then, uh, there are a lot of, uh, automatic weapons, uh, Mm -hmm. that, uh, won't fire without what's called a blank adapter or a blank barrel. And you can't mm-hmm. get a real bullet out of those. And so particularly when you see the guy blazing away with a Tommy gun, it has mm-hmm. a restriction in the bore, uh, so that the a- ammunition will develop uh, enough pressure to operate the automatic mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are prop guns, mostly in Westerns these days though, uh, they use, uh, Replica, they they use replica guns uh, that will uh, accept a uh, They will accept live ammunition, but there's a a blank made called the five and one blank, and it will fit mm-hmm. in actually six or seven calibers now of of mm-hmm. of, of of firearms, and yep. uh, that's exactly the the same ammunition that uh, Dirty Harry was using in his real Smith and Wesson Model Twenty Nine. Mm-hmm. Or, or that John Wayne typically used in his real Colt revolvers are real Winchester rifles. Correct. So, but yeah, but those guns are props.
2: The well, thing well, is that is a he, blank, never mind. Well, go, go ahead. ahead. A blank does fire a wad. It it fires a, uh, but it doesn't fire it with anything like the force. I don't understand this story because if that was a blank, not a live round. I don't understand
1: no, no, how there was, this... It, it was a live round. It they had were, to be a live round. It went through, it went through it, her
2: it, and into him.
1: Right. Now, if they'd been standing next to each other and, like, one of them had caught most of the blank wad and the other hadn't and it had been from real close, it would have had the effect of being a really cu- crappy shotgun round. Uh, yeah. Not only that, but a lot of the blank rounds now... Uh, actually don't even have wadding they are just mm-hmm. they they rely on the crimp to contain the powder
2: yeah so that, well that's all even, because of john eric hexham all those years ago yep
0: yeah, well the, i think i i think the important thing here is we don't know there's right, a lot a, there's a lot of stuff about this that is you know in the immediate aftermath of something like this you know uh you get so and so said, and it is reported according to sources. Blah blah blah, and people start speculating based on what they've been told. And you know, there will be an investigation. We will mm-hmm. know what actually happened. Um, uh, the the thing we do know is that there had been labor troubles on this yeah. uh, on this set. Um, And it is reported uh, that a half dozen camera crew workers walked off the set to protest the working conditions on this low-budget film. Now, I want you to think for a second, Alec Baldwin, okay? Mm -hmm. Alec Baldwin was the star of Red October, which was the first Uh of... Tom Clancy uh, novels to be adapted for film. Mm-hmm. And he was a major leading man in things like, uh, uh, what? It, what is it? Uh, that, that movie uh, about the real estate guys. Uh, Glenn,
2: um, Glenn, Glenn, something
0: Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Thank you. Uh mm-hmm. And and so, so it, he is a major star. So he was apparently producing this for Netflix, uh, <laughs> and he was the producer. So he's responsible. Um, you know, I'm sure there's insurance for the production and everything like that. But the conditions on the set, as I said here, you know, Guns don't kill people. Hollywood hypocrites who hire non union crews kill people. Uh, you know, because, uh, you know, it was the working conditions on the set that caused uh, people to leave. And apparent and I'm quoting someone here um, a member of the production staff um, quote, corners were being cut and they brought in non-union people so they could continue shooting. There were two misfires on the prop gun on Saturday and one the previous week, the person said, adding, there was a serious lack of safety meetings on this set, close quote. Well, you know, here's
1: the other thing that's interesting, though. You're talking about how uh, everybody's got this speculation. The Daily Mail today had a, so allegedly had a picture of the gun that was used and the picture they have is of a presentation model of a, a Colt 44 caliber army revolver is what it looks like to me, although it might be a 30, <laughs> 36 Navy. Those are percussion cap muzzle loaders. And if yeah. you know, somebody was, was asking, how could you tell if this is a, uh, uh, loaded, and you can't tell whether it was loaded. But if there are no nipples on the percussion, uh, uh, if the nipples on the cylinder don't have percussion caps, it can't fire, even if there's powder mm-hmm. and ball in the chamber. Uh, mm-hmm. So if he was, so if it really was that revolver or one like it, you know, you can look at the cylinder and see that it has caps on it. So uh-huh. uh, I, I would, I wouldn't be snapping that uh in dr- quote dry firing because it ain't dry if there's a cap uh, well,
2: well, okay, yes, but we are talking about somebody who's very anti second amendment who probably would have no idea about that um according to the everything I've read, Baldwin's reaction was, How was I handed a hot gun
0: right, right
1: well uh, uh, the- the, the usual way that things work in Hollywood is the mm-hmm. armorer inspects the gun. The armorer Correct. loads the gun, mm-hmm. verifies that it's in a, a safe condition or unloaded or, uh, depending on how they use it on the set. And mm-hmm. that it, he hands it to an assistant director who also checks it. And then it's handed mm-hmm. to the actor who may or may not check it. And, that's dumber than a box of rocks. you hand me a firearm. the first thing I'm going to do is open it and uh make sure uh that I'm gonna it, press it, it, check
2: I'm, at the very least
1: yeah go uh, i'm 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 gonna drop the, you hand me am uh, i'm gonna a revolver i'm gonna open the cylinder mm-hmm. uh, and, and inspect it uh, correct or I'm gonna open the loading gate and uh spin the cylinder
2: yes uh, rocks.
1: You know, it's just this is But just, you and
2: I both handle weapons.
1: Well, yeah, I used to do it for a living.
2: Yeah, I don't do it for a living, but I I am I handle weapons. I know.
1: Forty five to six, uh, Mississippi State over Vanderbilt, final score. <laughs> oh, I'm so okay. sorry, John. <laughs> hey, Have you know, I've been, I've, been, I've been used to it since I matriculated in sixty five. Okay. So you know. Anyway uh, you know that that pretty well. Uh, you know, the thing is, there's no way to cover this one up, right? You've got a <laughs> dead, you've got a dead body, and uh, you've got apparently the the only thing that I've seen today that was verifiable about anything is that the uh, local law enforcement has subpoenaed every camera and every phone on the set. Good move. So- uh, just to make sure that, you know, to see if there's video evidence of what happened. Uh. Meanwhile, you know. Um, Speaking of cops. Yes. you know, <laughs> Cops are not happy these days. Or a lot of them aren't. There's a wonderful post uh, that Glenn Reynolds did. Uh, it's actually, I guess, an op-ed uh, mm-hmm. in the New York Post this week. I guess it was up uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, talking about uh, the cops and uh, their reaction to vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it's just like, it isn't going very well. Uh, (laughs) What you're seeing, the L.A. County (laughs) Sheriff saying, I'm not going to enforce a mandate. And you're Mm -hmm. seeing Chicago about to lose half their cops. New York's about to lose a big chunk of theirs. D.C.'s about to... Uh, t- uh, take a significant hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it's it's just not doing well. I, I <laughs> like I like the way though that uh, Professor Reynolds uh, ended his uh, his his essay, and finally this reassuring note. Many people are convinced that Democrats want to create a police state, and mm-hmm. some Democratic ref- rhetoric has supported that worry. But one of the first things you do when creating a police state is to get in good with the police. <laughs> after, after spending the last several years crapping all over law enforcement, the Democrats aren't making any progress there. Good. So you know, I, I, it's, 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 it, it's interesting. Also, you know, I had a post up uh, this week that may explain another problem the cops are having. Uh, and it mm. relates to um, the supply chain issues. It's a picture uh, from a duck and donuts, uh, and they have a sign-up saying, we apologize, but due to supply chain issues, we do not have donuts today.
2: They need to come to Valdosta. We oh. have donuts.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet you've got Krispy creams down there. Oh, honey, we
2: have Dixie Cream, and I have one, and it's less than a block away.
0: Oh, and so how much weight have you gained since moving to Valdosta
2: well actually I'm doing okay on that front mostly because I just walk by and, and smell the wonderful hot donut smell
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I grew up on Krispy Kremes uh, for, uh, literally in Nashville I thought that's what donuts were i uh-huh. it wasn't until Wait, I was on. it wasn't until I was like yeah, in high school that I saw these cake donuts and I'm going, "What are those?" What are those? <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we you know, you know, Crispy uh, uh, the bakery down on Ponce de Leon Street in Atlanta, we would go there on on for field trips uh, when we were kids and it's it's one of those things like Coca-Cola that the South invented and exported to the world. Mhm. Yep. That and Crystal Hamburgers. Yes. Oh, yuck! Oh, Crystal and Chick Fil A. Hey, wait a minute. And, and Waffle House, yep. Chick Fil A. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so the South is, you know, feeding the, you know, feeding America. It's the best uh, place, as part of the country,
1: to get a slice of ham. That's for sure. Mm,
0: well, that well, is true. And, and then there's
2: also sweet tea.
0: Yes. You yes. know.
2: I still won't drink that. Sorry.
1: It's just too much. What? She's from California. It's too sweet, sweet tea. I'm sorry. Well, I don't particularly... I will drink it. I don't prefer it. I actually uh, like my tea black, but that's beside the point.
2: Well, I'll tell you here, they make fresh brewed tea almost
1: everywhere. It's great. Yes. (laughs) Anyway... That could be, uh, you know, there are some places in the South, though, that can
0: gotten a little bit iffy. Take Virginia for it.
2: Virginia, please. Yes.
0: Uh, The uh, Terry McAuliffe uh, gubernatorial uh, campaign, uh, their implosion is continuing. Uh, Virginia gubernatorial candidate, uh, I'm reading, by Uh the way. I'm reading uh, a Breitbart that I quoted at my blog, the other McCain. Yeah. Anyways, Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe reportedly ended an interview with the halfway mark and berated the reporter for not asking, quote, better questions. Um, He walked off the set of ABC 7, that's WJLA out of D.C., walked off of... uh, after uh, ten minutes into what was scheduled to be a twenty-minute interview, now what they had done, their reporter Nick Minnoch um, had had scheduled each candidate for twenty minutes. You know, at this, you know, so that it was fair. <laughs> and he had already interviewed Youngkin, uh, Republican businessman Glenn Yunkin, who's the Republican gubernatorial candidate. Um, Anyways, and so um, 10 minutes into this thing, uh, uh, Minnick asked McAuliffe about the vaccine mandates for children. Mm -hmm. Uh, And McAuliffe then segues into a lecture, by the way. Uh, I mean, he just started going off on his talking points. Youngkin is a Donald Trump right wing agenda. He will ban abortions. Your viewers should be very clear on this. He wants to ban abortions here in Virginia. He says election integrity is the number one issue. No, it isn't. Healthcare, COVID, education, job creation. Just then, a McCollum staffer interjected to tell Minnick that he was, quote, over time. Prompting the former governor's exit. All right, we're over. That's it. That's it. Hey, hey! I gave you extra time. Come on, man. You should have asked better questions early on. You should have asked questions your viewers care about. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's
2: not uh, in control.
1: <laughs> yeah, well... Uh- you know, probably the most level-headed person among the Democrats these days, and that is is Carville, uh-huh. and uh, Stacey had a, an interesting uh, post uh, spinning off of Carville's comments about uh, the Virginia election.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh, James Carville, who, uh, if you're old enough to remember the Clinton days. Uh, was the chief was the chief strategist? Uh, he was on MSNBC. And he said uh, he he was said said he scared to death. Um, he said. Um, um, He said, it's close. There's no doubt about it. And I'm scared to death and other Democrats should be. And the solution to that, if you know people in Virginia, call them and ask them to vote. If you're in Virginia, call and ask other people to vote. But the only thing that I can tell you, it's a close race. Well, and uh, to be honest, okay, If you think about it, if Carville's saying it's a close race, that (laughs) means McAuliffe is losing. Yes. And uh, I I am actually, uh, I I have some uh, um, connections with the uh, Youngkin campaign, and they know damn well they're winning this thing, by the way. Uh, You know, that.
2: Don't encourage the cheating.
0: Yeah. No, no. But the, the momentum, OK, mm-hmm. in the race is, is that basically um, uh, McAuliffe has 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 blown an eight point lead in two months. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's, um, um, you know, it, it, this race was. Uh, you know, McAuliffe's to lose, but now he's losing it. And, and, uh, is it
1: uh, is the the correct term momentum or (laughs) jomentum?
0: Yeah. Well, that's part of the thing is there's two factors, there's two different aspects of what's happening to McAuliffe. And the first and foremost, of course, is that Joe Biden, uh, you know, his poll numbers have fallen off the table. And, and just recently, uh, by the way, is that uh, you know in August he had you know he you know his numbers started going down, but it plateaued a little bit and he was even beginning to recover, but then in early October, about the first week of October, uh, it just suddenly went south for Joe. I mean, and it is if I, I on my blog I I uh, screen cap. Um, uh, screen cap the uh, RCP average, and you can see uh, where this suddenly happened. Well, what caused that, of course, was everybody turned on their TV and saw all these freight ships sitting off the coast of California, and that's when we learned about the supply chain issues. It you know It broke through onto the news because people, by the way, had been warning about this for many months. But the supply chain issues started causing shortages Mm -hmm. uh, and people were actually noticing the empty shelves in their stores. Mm -hmm. And so um, and so, you know, it's gotten bad. And and so, you know, the numbers for uh, Biden have have been paralleled by the drop. Uh, for Terry McAuliffe, but the other half of the story is is that McAuliffe himself uh, uh, fumbled uh, during uh, uh, the the last debate. Their last debate was on September 28th uh, between him and Glenn Youngkin. Uh, And by the way, uh, Terry McAuliffe is trying to, you know, if you're in the D.C., uh, TV market, you're just seeing saturation level ads <laughs> of them trying to depict uh, Glenn Youngkin as this Trump clone, and he's not okay. <laughs> uh, if uh, if if you've watched Glenn Youngkin, he's a businessman, a very Calm and uh, down-to-earth kind of person. He's a native of Virginia. He was born in Richmond. Unlike Terry McAuliffe, who's a carpetbagger from New York, Um, but uh, but Glenn Youngkin, uh, you know, uh, he's kind of had to, um, uh, you know, uh, walk a tightrope between. You know, he wants all the Trump voters to vote for him, obviously. Uh, but at the same time, he is not any sort of, you know, dangerous extremist or anything like that. And in the But all that uh, Kerry McAuliffe can do is point the finger and scream Trump. And orange so he, man, bad. Orange, orange man, man, bad. Orange man, bad. Yes. And so, it, but, but McAuliffe <laughs> in his last debate, they were asked about Protection. the question before them was about protections for transgender students, right? And um, Youngkin, uh, you know, give, gives his, um, uh, his own response and stated, clearly stated, I'm, I'm quoting here, by the way, from um, a PJ Media column by our friend Stacy Lennox, um, Glenn, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Hogue, you know, you know, Stacy Lennox, don't you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. From CPAC. Well, anyways, mm-hmm. but but she said Youngkin clearly stated his position that parents are in charge of the education of their children. McAuliffe shot back, quote, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach, close quote. And as a uh, fatal as, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a good answer. And um, it's it's a hot button issue. And as uh, the the liberal media say, the seizing and pouncing began. Well, the thing is, is that he shot himself
1: in both his left foot and his right foot. Oh, I think he got a little
2: higher than that.
1: Well, well, but what I'm saying (laughs) is, is that think about it. There are school districts in rural Virginia where the Mm -hmm. left-leaning parents want to have some impact uh, uh, to have their points of views because you've got these crazy uh, right-wingers running the school board. Right, it, it, it's the mirror image of Loudon County, and so that you know that response doesn't work in either direction.
0: Uh-huh. Well, it's, you it's, know, as, as I pointed out on the blog, uh, people people uh, you know who longtime readers know that uh, we homeschooled our children for many years, and and one of the things you you get from that experience is is you know you you it's a decision you have to make and we did so you know it, the thing is is that you know the the idea that teachers are professional experts and have a monopoly on being able to teach anyone anything well that's just not true it could be proven that it's not true okay uh you know it's you know and but this this idea that that the, you know, that everyone must defer to the professionals, you know, that, uh, I mean, that's uh, just, you know, that that's, that's not flying with me. Well, me. Uh, there is one, there is
1: one sense where you do like people to defer to professionalism and that I means supporting your uh, work as a professional journalist.
0: And that brings us <laughs> to the
1: yellow button.
0: We need yes, to go there. Uh, folks. <laughs> Now it's time for the shameless capitalism segment of the show, uh, during which I inform you that if you will go to my blog, The Other McCain, and look near the top of the center column, you will see a yellow button. That yellow button has the word donate on it. If you click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account, and you can uh, contribute to the support of the blog and also to the podcast. And um, also mainly, and this is the big thing, to keep my wife happy. Uh, keeping my wife happy is job one, of course, and she likes it when I have money. Uh, so if you would click the yellow button uh, and, and contribute, whatever, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hoag's site, Hoagwash.com. I don't have a yellow button, but I
1: do have a tip jar icon over in the sidebar on the right there. Click on it be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support the blog or the podcast. Or you can do your shopping at the Hogwash store. Uh, there's a link to that in the sidebar. Or... Both uh, of our blogs have links to shopping opportunities at Amazon.com. And when you use those links at our blogs or the other blogs that participate in the Amazon Associates program, the blogger gets a little commission, which helps support us. Uh, It's actually something kind of nice that Amazon does for the Internet. Regardless, however you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit The freaking tip jar. Indeed. You know, one of the things I do see about the Virginia election is uh, a certain similarity in what happened uh, when we got our current Republican governor. Uh, Larry Hogan was a businessman. Uh, He definitely is not a a, a Trump kind of guy. But compared to the Absolutely around the bend, leftist that the Democrats were running, he became the same choice. And I, I i see the same, uh, I see the same thing playing out in Virginia this year. We just hope and that. By the way,
0: way. D- by the way, didn't they run Quasi Mfume in that? Was that what that? I'm trying to no, remember. No, they were Look.
1: they were they were running. Uh, uh, they were running the black lieutenant governor who was even further to the left than Mfume yeah uh, anyway but you know the whole thing is maryland is just like this odd place so it was the perfect place uh full of uh for for to have a town hall with uh biden because you could fill the audience up with what i call Baltimoreans.
0: baltimore yes uh, uh uh the um Baltimore Town Hall on CNN, uh, first of all, it the ratings sucked, okay? Yes. Because it's CNN, okay? That, that uh, twi- more than twice as many people were watching Tucker Carlson as were watching the president of the United States fielding softball questions uh, from Anderson Cooper. And uh, pre-screened uh, people, some of whom were allegedly Republicans.
2: Yeah, right.
0: From Baltimore. From Baltimore. Well, I mean, they were in Baltimore. That's where the debate was uh, taking place. But, you know, Baltimore is like 85% Democrat. Is it that low now? <clears throat>
1: <laughs> I get it. no. Uh, I mean,
2: were these were these practicing masochists who like you know? Never mind. Don't get me started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that uh, uh, you know Nancy Pelosi is uh, the uh, daughter uh, of the former mayor of uh, Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy, Nancy
2: DeLisandro. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Dallas machine that ran uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore for many years. Well, and then he moved on to the House of Representatives. Yes. Well, anyways, uh, but yes, uh, everyone um, was commenting about uh, what was called the uh, Jetpack <laughs> Joe moment, uh, where where th- th- there was a question about inflation, and it took about twenty seconds. Uh, for uh, uh, Anderson Cooper to spit this question out, and the whole time Joe Biden stood there with his arms locked in a ninety-degree angle, uh, with his fists clenched, and and so so the one one of the uh, hashtags that got going was. Um, was uh jetpack Joe because he looked like he was flying an imaginary um uh mm-hmm. jetpack, but the other one was cornholio and and uh and and maybe you don't remember so beat this butthead. <laughs> I am cornholio,
2: BP <laughs> for my bungle. Oh! <laughs> yes, I remember it all too well. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, but but this is the alter ego of Beavis who, As I recall, he had too much sugar that day, or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> sugar, uh huh. Well, yeah, but. The- But, you know, seeing seeing that pair on stage together, I mean, my first question would probably have been, which one of you is Beavis?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, stop
2: right there, okay? It's the only safe thing to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Well, you know, I'm I'm sure that after all this treatment, that I'm going to be one of the first people in line for the IRS when they start tracking our transactions. Although, Oh, you uh, would... Uh, you know, that they, 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 they mm-hmm. first were proposing that uh, they were going to uh, be able to track any time you had a single transaction of 600 bucks. Now they just say, no. oh, well, if you have got $10,000 worth of transactions in a year. Well, I mean, that <sighs> doesn't help most people out of the thing. But anyway, the question is why Why set the threshold at an amount that would cover uh almost every uh, person's bi-weekly paycheck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, yeah, as the gig economy is growing, fewer people are on payrolls, but people are still getting uh, 1099s if they don't get W2s. So who are they targeting? Small business owners? Uh, or, maybe spend- businesses. or maybe they're after the spending side. Uh, uh, and I bet you almost every family writes a $600 check. or had a so $600 transaction for rent or, or mortgage. Something. Yeah, something, everyone. Look, I'll tell you what, though. I got a deal to make with them. Before the public sur- sur- submits to this kind of an invasion of privacy, I believe we should get some transparency coming back the other way. Okay. If mm-hmm. you want to do the snooping, fine. Uh, you get to drop your drawers too. So before we should submit to this kind of nosiness, <laughs> I, sug- I The deal I would cut is you take every member of the House and the Senate and the head of each executive department or independent agency and every federal judge and you require them to make public any of their financial transactions that exceed $600. <laughs> right. I mean, fair yeah. is fair, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Meanwhile, though... Let's get back to the Virginia schools.
0: Uh, wait, 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 wait! Before before we get back to that, though, yeah, you, know, uh, uh, you know the thing that they're justifying this for. Okay, the 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 rhetoric of of justifying this six hundred dollar thing. Uh, is they they they're claiming they they use the idea that billionaires billionaires are not paying their taxes they're not paying their fair share okay right yeah okay well well obviously billionaires aren't the ones making six hundred dollar transactions right that's oh, not no. going, that's not what's going on there. What this is really about, I think, okay, what this is really about is they're trying to get all the cam girls with only friends accounts, right? (laughs) You see, you know, and all these girls playing sugar baby uh, on the Internet, uh, and so so that's who that $600 uh, deal is is aimed at. They're trying to uh, they're trying to get all these people that are hustling bucks on the internet. now you know I have been conscientious for 12 years about reporting all of my PayPal income, which of course PayPal reports this to the IRS okay. anyways, you know, and so, you know, their payments and so I report what I receive, you know, and, and then take mm-hmm. a, you know, take the usual business deductions and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's not. Uh, but I, I think I think what they're aiming at is. Uh, uh, some of these people who are who are engaged in the online hustle
1: well but Ooh, that's, that's exactly what small business is doing now particularly since they uh, shut down a lot of face-to-face transactions but, yeah. you know I'm looking I mean looking at my my stuff um, I mean obviously um, my uh, bi-weekly billing to the federal government uh, through uh, the, the contracting company I'm working with is substantially mm-hmm. greater than uh, a couple of $600 kits a month. But I was looking and, you know, the only, uh, there are only three recurring transactions I have each month that beat $600. One's my mortgage. That's a, that's, isn't a shocker. And mm-hmm. one is the credit card that uh, consolidates almost all of my business expenses. Well, that's Mm kind of not a shocker, you know. And then uh, one of them um, is, uh, well, a recurring charitable contribution I make uh, that's part of my estate planning. You know, I I am old enough that I need to worry about these sorts of things. Now, the thing is, uh, so, you know, they're they're not going to catch my car insurance payment. They're not going to catch my uh, my car payment. They're not going to. Uh, catch individual uh, hits at the uh, grocery store, although that could change the way things are going. So, you know, <laughs> uh, right. I, I, I just don't understand, you know. Uh, uh, the, of course, the other thing is, is that the suggestion has been made that we should all w- withdraw uh, $601 uh, every day and put it back the next day. And so that there's just so many transactions, the, the, uh, uh, S- system bogs down. So that may be the, the, the you know, the way to do it. I, this is one of those examples of not clearly thinking it through.
0: Meanwhile, well, I think I, malicious I think, compliance. Yes. Okay. Well, we could talk about this all night, so I'll just, we skip. could. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I mean, you know, and uh, main. mean, but, but let's talk about uh, uh,
1: certain emails that have floated around uh, oh. in Loudoun County. Um, it turns out that <clears throat> there, there's an email that's turned up uh, that shows that the uh, Loudon County School Board, not only the the, uh, the superintendent, but the members of the school board knew basically either the same day or within a day about uh, the uh,
2: about the a, rape, rape in the, the restroom
1: restroom where the boy in the skirt uh, attacked the girl. Well, oh. they have said that they never heard about it until they, yeah, they right. read it in the papers. Somebody's lying, <laughs> and this is—and the, see, the thing is, is that what what stirred up this whole thing uh, was the fact that the father of the girl who had been raped was had gone to a school board meeting to complain about the uh, the way the school board was handling the situation. Yep, right, and like, uh, gee. Uh, The father of a rape victim gets a little hot under the collar. Do you think that, you know, you might cut the guy some slack and at least let him blow off a little steam rather than suck the deputies on him? So this just shows the mentality of some of the people, particularly in northern Virginia, uh, that uh, have uh, basically crept in over the last, well, basically since the turn of the century. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the locals aren't very happy with them. Uh, And like I said, this is one of the things that I think may just really affect that gubernatorial race they got going. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Well, Well, is there a single... Sorry. Go Go ahead, Stacy.
0: Okay, well... The thing is, is that this incident at the Loudoun County School Board was then used as an example of violent threats that, that they were going to get the FBI involved.
1: Yep. Yeah, right. Well, did you see the uh, NSBA's uh, le- memorandum that they published? Actually, a letter. To its history. members, yeah. Yeah, uh Attorney General Garland testified this past week that it was the NSBA's letter suggesting that parents protesting at school board meetings should be investigated as domestic terrorists. And that provided the basis for his memorandum, then directing the FBI and U.S. attorneys around the country to investigate and prosecute parents for protesting against school boards and teachers who insisted on indoctrinating their children in critical race theory. Oh. Uh, now they, I, I, I've I actually got a copy of this up at Hogwash, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I read the, it. The, uh, it, it, and it's, it's actually a pretty damby pamby But if they, the NSBA has apologized for their letter, um, and it, it would make sense then for the uh, Attorney General to withdraw his memorandum. Uh-huh. But given that he also testified this week that he sees no ethical problem when ordering such an investigation, even though his son-in-law is the founder of a business that selling critical race theory teaching materials, I just had this doubt in my mind that he would do the right thing. I think oh. we owe Cocaine Mitch wonderful uh, appreciation and praise for keeping this dude off the Supreme Court.
2: Oh yeah, the murder turtle did a,
1: did his job.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, anyway, that's that's my uh, uh, spin on the schools, and I'm sticking to it. Meanwhile, though, with all the supply chain issues that have been going on, a couple of interesting things have happened. Uh, apparently, uh, if I've seen a uh, a photograph made uh, from. Newport Beach looking out uh mm-hmm. over the channel there uh and someone had laid it uh, labeled it Joe Biden finally gets his boat parade. Uh, yeah. But um my uh f- first uh shot across their bow this week on the supply chain issues was a post titled Let Them Eat Treadmills. <sighs> and uh it's a Uh, uh, a reprint of town hall's tweet showing um, uh, peppermint sake uh, uh, making light of (laughs) surprise issues, laughing about the tragedy of treadmills being delayed. And I followed that uh, underneath with a meanwhile in the real world picture of an almost completely picked over bread shelf in a uh, supermarket. You know, know, at Publix so far,
2: that isn't happening. But Publix has its own um rigidly well uh its own uh supply chain that it uh very much monitors. So, you know, hey guys, shop at Publix, come to come to the South. Well, so <laughs> part of the
0: all the way to Valdosta uh, to shop at Publix. Is that well- the idea?
2: Well, well no, just any Publix. It, we're it's it's a southern chain,
1: and it has its own supply line. Come south, folks. <laughs> well, you know, a giant and Safeway uh, have their own supply lines as well as do mm-hmm. Walmart. But the problem is. Oh, Walmart's sucking here. <laughs> uh, well, the problem is getting drivers. Yeah. So you know you can you can have a a whole bunch of bread at a bakery. And mm-hmm. you can have it—a uh, guy with a forklift <laughs> putting it on the back of a eighteen-wheeler—and uh, uh, if mm-hmm. there's no driver, it ain't leaving. So yep. that's that's a problem. But but speaking of transportation, I also had a a supply chain post called Magnesium and Wheels. <sighs> yeah, I'm so yeah, actually, I'm so old that I remember when the only time you might find magnesium uh, on an automobile was Mm -hmm. if it had a set of aftermarket wheels. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's just not the way it works anymore. First of all, there's actually some magnesium casting components uh, uh, used for brackets and things like that. But Mm -hmm. there's just a tremendous amount of aluminum, particularly in major body panels now. And -hmm. and aluminum is a very soft metal. You have to, Alloy stuff with it in order to give it the kind of properties you want to, to make it a good structural material. And guess what? Mm-hmm. One of the alloys, alloying met, metals, is you guessed it, aluminum. Yes,
2: magnesium aluminum.
1: Aluminum has magnesium in it. It Has vanadium? It has works. to. It, it well, you vanadium works as well. But most of the uh. Uh, most most of the, uh, the stuff winds up with magnesium. And do you know? Eight, about a, a little more than 80% of the world's magnesium comes from China. China. And mm-hmm. China it requires a terrific amount of electricity to produce. Yep. And China is having electricity shortages, particularly in the part of China where the magnesium industry is. So yep. the current prediction is that by the end of the year, there will be a magnesium shortage worldwide that will affect the automobile industry worldwide
2: well they could uh, i i mean it'd be hard to do but they could uh start shipping lots of magnesium up to iceland um they're already doing a lot of uh smelting of uh, of aluminum there because well, yeah, but, well once cheap again, electricity
1: once again do you have the uh there's do you have the wherewithal to? Uh, That's the problem. <laughs> move, move the mag. Even even if you get the magnesium produced in China, how do you get it to you? Uh, to to where Iceland, it needs to be? yeah, yeah. or, or, or good question. Or what you know, or how do you get it to uh, uh, Germany or mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: uh, uh, Alabama? Anywhere, or in, any place else where these alloys are being fabricated. Mm-hmm. So, but. The other thing, and this is wonderful, uh, a karma th- sort of thing. I had a post <laughs> called Karmic Blues. See, the blue side is now in charge in Washington, and the world economy really is feeling the air- effects of their, uh, well, I'll call it management. Uh, yeah. I, I saw a post on Slashdot uh, later this week uh, that one of the, about one of the supply chain disruptions that's happening is a shortage of blue pigments <laughs> what is this going to do for eyeshadow oh my gosh <laughs> well th- no seriously uh they're running out of uh, uh the pigments they need for certain shades of blue. And I'll bet you this has to do with cobalt, which is another strategic material, which has to yes. be shipped around the world. So, you know, this we have all these wonderful fly <laughs> supply chain things going on. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, who'd have, who'd have thought, that uh, you could uh, do this sort of stuff. I mean, incompetent people are almost as dangerous as the crazies, but crazy people uh,
0: are dangerous. Aren't they, Stacy? Yes, they are. And they're also they're, – they're a danger to themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you do crazy things and – okay, sometimes things – you can do something that you can take a calculated risk, Okay. <laughs> But crazy people do crazy things, and they end up dead. And I'm talking, of course, about Gabby Petito, who got the mm-hmm. idea, who who got the who got the idea that what she should do is save up her money, buy a van, and then uh, make a living as a social media influencer. By monetizing her Instagram posts and YouTube videos on the hashtag Van Life, and that was, um, and that was uh, how she ended up on the trip out west where she got strangled to death uh, by her boyfriend, fiance uh, Brian Laundry. Now you know this week they found Brian Laundry's body. Yep. Um, in a swamp in Florida, parts uh, where... of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they found his body parts. I, uh, I, whatever, whatever the alligators didn't eat,
1: well, that wouldn't have a, been it, much. Well, they identified uh, the remains based on his dental records.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and so so the question I ask is, wh- where would a middle class girl from Long Island get the idea that hashtag van life was something she could pursue full time? And the thing is, is that is that it's all coming from social media, right? Is that is that a lot of the crazy stuff that kids are getting into nowadays? Are are based on trends that they pick up off social media, and that includes, by the way, the transgender movement. There is mm-hmm. the there there is this niche out there, this little bubble of social media, and and I explored it as part of uh, um, my uh, project on radical feminism a few years ago. But there is this little cult of of transgenderism online and they there's what's being called rapid onset gender dysphoria where an otherwise you know normal happy teenager um gets sucked into this thing and just within a space of few weeks suddenly they're announcing their pronouns and and, (laughs) and 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 you know scheduling uh Uh, appointments, uh, for gender transition. And, and this has become a real problem. And, and it's the social media thing. Now, young people have been doing stupid things since time immemorial, Uh, but, but social media is shaping the particular forms of stupid youthful behavior. And, uh, and, uh, One of these uh, that I talked about was um, a a young woman that some of you, if you've read my blog regularly over the years, you remember uh, this one person, uh, and that would be Ella? Ella Dawson. Now, folks, let me explain to you that in 2016, or it, it, this actually happened earlier, but she became famous in 2016. Uh, Ella Dawson came out and told the true story. And, and, and there was a hashtag for um, it was sexual uh, uh, sexually transmitted disease awareness week. Right. Mm. And, and they did this hashtag and I can't remember what it was where, where they came. Shout and, your status! Shout your status! Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you for reminding me. Shout your status! Where Ella Dawson came out and declared she had herpes, you know, and this was, and this was like I don't think I would have told people that, and and. Uh, uh, Anyway, so she ended up getting um, a letter from Hillary Clinton uh, congratulating her on having herpes. (laughs) It It was the craziest thing you've ever seen. But this but but anyway, so I'm 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 saying that, you know, like you can look at a girl's social media account and tell which one's. You know the trouble is is coming from, <laughs> but, but but Ella, Ella uh, tweeted out on her Twitter account that her uh oh yeah we're here. leaving. Okay, I hear I hear the uh, I I heard heard the boogie woogie piano music. But, yep. uh, she she tweeted out. Uh, that uh, she's a her relationship status is radical slut endangering all of Brooklyn well and doesn't God. sound
1: like the kind of person I'd want to hang out with I like hanging yeah. out with folks like you guys
2: yeah, but meanwhile okay. well we like that
1: yeah, yeah. meanwhile is though he- I need to announce Tennessee 14 Alabama 7 with <gasps> uh, uh, 13 minutes to go in the uh, second quarter Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we missed the field goal. But my point is, is that as hashtags go, damage skank is not much better than hashtag shallow grave. Uh, Yeah, except shallow
2: grave you can't
0: come back from. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'll I'll tell you what, we can come back uh, to this next Saturday. So I'll see you guys then.
0: 7 o'clock next Saturday, we'll be here. And, uh, by the way, yeah, Alabama missed a field goal, and then we had a roughing the kicker penalty, and that's how Tennessee got ahead. Roll (laughs) Tide. We'll see you
1: later, folks. Good night. Good night.
2: What? What?
0: I'm this place.